Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Oh, we're good. going to Adelaide tonight. Yeah. I think we're both in such a good mood from a refreshing weekend. Yeah. What did you do? Actually, I saw you on yeah. the weekend. You came over. It's rare we get to see each other on the weekend. It was quite nice. Um, oh, well, was that me? Sorry. What? My phone's on loud while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fixed. <laughs> How amateur of us. I know. <laughs> um, this weekend was nice because last week was quite a hectic week, wasn't it? Should we talk about last week before we get into what happened over the, the weekend? The tour, yes. So we yeah. had New Zealand, which was awesome. Thank you so much. We're just still so flattered that people in New Zealand know what kick is. It's <laughs> so cool. Uh, and then we had Melbourne, except so we all... After the tour, we, we went to bed pretty late because we were like on the biggest high from working out with everyone. Well, also after pack down, we were done at like nine. So yes. we obviously had to have dinner after that. We, we had dinner, dinner and yeah, went to bed late. late mm-hmm. And then we woke up at, I think it was like four o'clock New Zealand time or yeah. 3.30 a bit before. And then we got to the airport and we got on our flight. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of the team, which was Kat, Bailey and Danny, mm-hmm got stuck because they were on a different flight. They were 40 minutes after us and they were at the airport for 12 hours. Yep. And the unfortunate part about all of it was our Melbourne tour uh, event was literally the next day. That's the only reason we got on such an early flight the night after an event was because we had to go straight back and start setting up for Melbourne. So we're very lucky in that the rest of our team here in Melbourne stepped up. A lot of the boys from our grocery side of the business were super helpful and it was all hands on deck to get it done. Um, and unfortunately for the rest of the team, including Danny, they didn't make it to the event. Mm. But it was such a good event. And obviously Melbourne, um, obviously being our hometown, we were so excited to see you all. And it was an awesome turnout. And your energy, literally every state we've gone to, the energy that, that comes through from you guys, being up on stage and being able to see you all smiling mm. and actually enjoying the whole workout is is awesome. So we appreciate that. And this week we've got Adelaide and Gold Coast. Yeah, and I think it was also a really good example of, I feel like when we first found out, when we landed, mm. um, we had a seven-hour plan to go home and like really rest. Like so then we had energy we for, for that night. Um, and when we got the message when we landed that like we couldn't and we had to just work it out because everyone was mm. stuck. I think I feel like in my head I was like, oh my God, it's not, how's this going to work? Yeah. Like, how are we going to do it? We don't know how, you know, we usually have everyone to help us. Like, what are we going to do? And mm. I think it's such a good example of you always make it work. Yeah, you make it work. And there, all, there is always a solution. Mm. Like, it, and I feel like for five minutes it felt like the end of the world and yeah. then everyone just came together and, and got it done. Yeah. Nope. So appreciate the team effort. Yeah, that's um, good. And then this weekend, yeah, we totally got to rest up, which means your voice is back to normal. My voice is back to normal and, and all my washing is week. done and so is yours. I, we sound like, I was so funny, when you left um, the other night mm. or yesterday, I was like, we spoke about washing for like half an hour. <laughs> like, did, what actually. is our life? <laughs> what is it going to <laughs> with, with Dalton and Josh, just all four of us talking about chores around the house. Anyway, very, very weekend. big relief. Everything. The washing basket has one sock in it. Great. It's a miracle. Anyway, it's really exciting for me. <laughs> anyway, and more exciting news. Who do we have on the podcast this week? We have the beautiful Katie Lola, who is so, so beautiful inside and out. I was really excited to actually get to meet her. I'd never met her before um, our chat. So throughout this chat, you will get to know her, um, a bit about her story, um, 
everything from how she started out to her teaching to how she's learned to love her body and all that sort of stuff. But for me, I was learning it as we were having that chat. You know, there was a lot that I didn't know. So I really enjoyed the chat and I I hope you guys will too. She's actually been one of our most requested as well. Mm. Every time we ask you guys who you want to hear. Well, she's Um, the meal prepping queen. Yes, she is. Mm. But we actually didn't speak about meal prep because we thought there was a lot more to her than mm. just she's obviously amazing at meal prep so go check out her Instagram she's <laughs> Lady Lola's Lady.Lola's on Instagram but she does have so much to offer and yeah. she's had such an interesting story and shares so much of her wisdom so we hope you enjoy One, two, three, Hello, Katie. Hey, ladies. How are you? Hi. Thank you for coming into our hotel room. Yes, we've got a very cute little setup. Um, I put a lot of effort into it last night. <laughs> I, I look, it works. It works. So we're all in Brisbane for the Brisbane. Whoa! I just you said Brisbane. Said again. I said, "What did I say last we time?" I said that Brisbane, Brisbane <laughs> fitness, fitness. <laughs> Expo. <laughs> it's day two. If you can't tell, yeah. <laughs> Um, and Katie's here and you've been doing, you did the wellness chat yesterday. Yeah. How'd it go? Yeah, really well. It was a great turnout and it was a really positive response. So that was exciting. Well, we heard it went really well. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you've been listening to our podcasts. So thank you for that support. It's okay. It's Yeah, you girls are doing a great job. So Aww, I you. love that you brought that up on here today. No, I'm <laughs> going to say it because <laughs> it's leading into something, all okay. right? Okay. You would know what comes up first then. We've got some quick fire I questions. See. Yeah, okay, here we yeah. go. Yep. <laughs> so the first one, just so the listeners can get to know you a little bit, mm-hmm. three fun facts about you. I ran my first half marathon last year, so I went from not oh. being able to run 5Ks to running 21 kilometres in just over two and a half hours, which is huge for me. That's, That's amazing. Inspiring. Um, in 2011, I travelled around Europe completely solo so a girlfriend pulled out on me last minute and I was like I'm still gonna do this so that was oh good on you a pretty character um, building experience really incredible made some cool friends learned a lot about myself and then the last one is I probably have the flattest feet on the (laughs) face of the planet yeah, yeah. So did you need like orthotics and stuff? Yeah, I it? still wear orthotics. I feel like I just looked at your feet. We are wearing runners. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you later, but they're okay. like so flat that my ankle almost like concaves inward. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, that's like stuff that people don't usually know about me. So we should like, compare our feet because I've got an abnormally got a massive arch, big arch. Oh really? Look at this. I like the shoes are coming <gasps> off. Oh Is my like, god! Okay, like, there's like no like a flipper. It's like a flipper. It's Are like you a, a good swimmer? <laughs> a long, thin flipper. Oh, wow. You have incredible arches. It's like Laura. a ballerina's foot. It Laura's is like foot. a Except foot. I'm not. Anyway, that is so Random, funny. but there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, up next is most pivotal moment in your life or your career. Um, I think a few things came to a head. So as soon as I finished my education and arts degree, I decided not to go straight into teaching. So I fell into kind of a marketing and events role in hospitality. And I did that for like four and a half years. And by the end of the four and a half years, I was really sick. I was kind of working like 60 hour weeks and I kind of defined myself by this like job that I had. Like I I didn't know really who I was. Like all I did was work. I didn't have time to kind of like have a social life outside of work. And I started having all these incredible like gut issues. And I kind of like when you finish your degree as a teacher, you're a graduate teacher and you you're not a proficient teacher until you like start teaching, you do a certain amount of hours and then you have to submit a portfolio to prove that you've like met certain standards. And I was like, 
Well, I've, I've kind of do have to go back to teaching because if you don't get your graduate, um, your proficiency um, certification, like after five years of graduating, you have to do a bit of a bridging course okay. and that would have been like more money and I already mm-hmm. had like hex debt. So I was like, oh, this lifestyle that I have isn't sustainable. I think I'm going to go back to teaching or like go like start teaching. So I going back to teaching or starting teaching gave me the space to not define myself by work. So teaching yeah. was something that I really love doing. And then it gave me the space to also focus on my health. And so that's when I started to investigate um, these gut issues that I had and stop like doing things that I thought I had to do to look a certain way or, you know what I mean? I I was part of this industry that was really, you know, marketing and events Mm. and lots of Mm. parties and social life. And I I thought I had to, you know, be super skinny and Mm. I was doing lots of cardio and I was exhausting myself. So going back to teaching kind of took me away from that superficial life. And I had some space to invest in myself. And that's kind of when I met SG as well, which is my now husband. (laughs) So kind of, yeah, I, I started teaching, I met SG and then I started to focus on creating like myself and interests outside of like a job that had defined me for a really long time. So yeah, that's kind of all how it started for me. Oh, that's like the pivotal moment really where I started to find, I'll create my own kind of balance. I think that's really cool because I think a lot of people think that pivotal moments have to be some uh, moment where they might've like taken a leap and, and gone for something huge or whatever, but your step back is just as big as a, a as a step, you know? Like I think some people are scared to step back sometimes thinking like, um, that they're going backwards, but you went so forward by doing that for yourself and for your mind and everything. So yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I took a, a like quite a substantial pay cut yeah. going back into teaching uh, in comparison to the marketing roles, but it was so much better for my like mental health, physical health. Um, and yeah, it allowed me the space to now like meet the love of my life. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. Okay. One more first goal that comes to mind can be short term or long term. It could be short term or long term. I don't know how long this will take, but I want to heal my spine so that I can start um, running again. So I recently had a micro discectomy. They like cut a little bit of my, a bulge, I had a bulge disc or ruptured disc okay. in my spine, had some surgery to sort that out. And yeah, I can't run or do any like high intensity exercise at the moment. So I really want to follow all my surgeon instructions and physio instructions and Take just your time. get strong again so I can exercise and move my body really. Oh, how long is the recovery period? Everyone's really, really different. So I guess my main issue is that um, the nerve was impinged by the rupture disc for so long that the nerve isn't working the way that it should be working. So my left leg's a bit like bung at the moment. Oh. It's oh. not like working really well. Um, it, it can't like hold like my, my weight on its own, um, that leg's really weak. So now that it's unimpinged, thanks to the surgery, um, based on my rehab, it could be better in three months, six months, it might take up to a year. So I kind of just got to like follow the instructions of the professionals and just hope for the best really. Wow. Has that been hard on your mental health at all? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Especially going from someone that's like really active yeah. and being addicted to that, like endorphin rush to not being able to move and just watching my body change a little bit. Um, I've been really conscious of um, talking about how hard I'm finding it with like my, my husband, my friends, and just saying, I'm going through a really hard time. I'm feeling like really down. And what I'm trying to do is just kind of work within my parameters. So I am allowed to walk. And so if that's all I can do, then then you'll do it. Then I'll do it. So just taking what I can get really. 
I think injury can be so hard, but every time, and I've never had a big operation like that, but every time I've been out and it's often because I've pushed myself past a point because I was a little bit injured. I was like, oh no, but I really need to exercise. And then I've really injured myself. I find that at the time it can be so hard, but then once you get back into routine for one week, you forget. It's like braces. <laughs> like when you have them, it's yeah. the worst and then you get rid of them. Did you have braces? No, but I just feel like it's the same. <laughs> and then you forget what people even look like before when they had them. Yeah, it did suck. I can say that for braces. But, um, yeah, I, I think everyone's the same, though. It's hard when you're so into that healthy lifestyle. If, if anything, even if it is injury or sickness or being too busy or whatever it is gets you away from exercise, it can be really, like, I get really, like, um, it's not angsty. Is that the word? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Like I just like, I really need to like do something or I'm a bit of a fidgeter. So if I'm not exercising, I'm like, I need to be doing something else. Yeah. I get that too. So it's a bit of a release. Like it's my, it has been for like a few years. I'm mm. in a real happy place. So mm. just being outdoors though helps and just talking and like acknowledging my discomfort, like accepting that this feels crappy and just talking about it. Yeah, and good. it just makes me um, not solidify or just acknowledge that that's how I'm feeling and it's okay to feel that mm. way and not feeling like I have to be super happy and positive about <laughs> all it all the time. the time. So Now, going to your childhood, you did a post recently talking about how you used to be embarrassed by your height and you were so <laughs> beautiful and tall oh, I love you. <laughs> and also um, how you felt uncoordinated playing sport so you didn't actually play. And so it's so funny, I was uncoordinated playing sport, but I, I did. I just was this uncoordinated sport player. <laughs> okay. um, but how how was that as a child? Because I, I feel like that would have been really hard. Yeah, it was really tough. Like, mm. you know, I when you guys saw me yesterday, I think the first thing you I said was- I said, you're so tall. You're yeah. so tall. So it's the very first thing that people notice. They see yeah. me and it, it, it was hard growing up because- you know, as a teenager, you're still trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm not having a good day or if I don't feel confident or I've got like a big zit on my face or something and people stare like I'm, mm. um, you know, ethnic looking, I'm middle of Middle Eastern origin background. Like I was born in Australia, but like I look different to lots of people where I grew up and I'm, you know, six foot tall and people would stare and I wouldn't know if they were staring because like I had a huge zit on my face or if I didn't feel good and people would stare, it would just make me feel so like awkward. And, you know, I, I used to play touch football. I tried playing touch football in high school and they called me, I got the nickname of Lanky. Oh, <laughs> and I was old. like, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm just not not going to play sport. Which, but it was fine because um, I found my like passion in more performing arts. So in high school, I just kind of like threw myself into like the dramas and the musicals and that kind of mm. thing. So, yeah. how tall were you in high school? Like, when was your growth spurt? Oh, I was a tall baby. So I was born, I think, something like 53 centimeters. And they said to mum, they're like, oh wow, she's a really long baby. <laughs> Are your parents tall? No, they're tiny. Oh, how funny. Anyone think, in your family? I think it's dad's dad okay. was um, really, really tall and then my grandma was tiny. So half the family is like very little and then the other half of the family is quite huge. But then I'm the only female that um, managed to inherit the height. So, yeah. yeah. yeah interesting. Because when I, when I started school, I was really little, like really, really short. And I'm not, I'm only like five, nine and a bit. I'm not that um, tall or anything, but I am still tall compared to a lot of my friends. And I, I had this weird growth spurt. I think it was like the end of year nine. And suddenly I just like shot up 30 centimetres. And there was a girlfriend of mine. Um, she used to be a head taller than me when I met her. And now I'm a head taller than her. And it was like, where did this come <laughs> where from? Where did this happen? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. Um, I think because I, 
I don't know, I, I kind of loved being tall and I wish I was taller and maybe it was because I was in the modelling industry but I'd always dreamed of being taller. So it's funny when you hear about other people's insecurities that they might have had in the past because... The grass is always greener exactly, though, right? You exactly. always want what you don't have. You know, I have so many short friends who wish they were six foot yeah yeah well when I was little as well a lot of the boys that like I'd have a crush on yeah. were uh, like substantially shorter than that <laughs> well. so I was like oh well, that's just another level of awkwardness for a young girl growing up so and you also spoke about your family heritage and yeah. how you could speak two languages mm. which is incredible as a child mm. but you hid this yeah again that was just my I really wanted to fit in yeah. so none of all, all my friends were like um you know just didn't speak a second language and they were just like beautiful blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> and again, I'm this like tall, lanky, ethnic looking female and I just wanted to fit in. So um, I just didn't talk about my heritage. And I think my parents were really strict growing up. So um, my parents are from Jordan and Palestine. They were born there, migrated over here. They've been here for like over 30 years now, but their sensibility around um, the way like a young female should grow up was really different mm-hmm. to like my friends as well. So they could, you know, have a mobile phone, go out to the movies. And my parents were really strict about stuff like that, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, I'm one of two and there's my younger sister had a disability and I think in my parents eyes like I was just like they're everything and they wanted me to do really well and be really safe and go to uni and so they were really strict on me so I just kind of like didn't want to talk to anyone about like that part of my life because it was so different and I I was kind of embarrassed about Mm. it because I just wanted to be the same and I wanted to feel like I belonged and so yeah. How do you feel about it now? Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've learned as I've gotten older that being different is yeah, beautiful. I was going to say that. And being different is special and that people that are going to love you are going to love everything about yeah. you and that there's no point in hiding any of that stuff. So, yeah. That's good. I think that's a really important message. I had a girlfriend in school and it wasn't until later in school that she finally kind of like opened up to some of us um, that she – had an arranged marriage was probably going to happen when she was leaving school and everything like that. Um, but she'd known this like her whole growing up that that was the thing that was going to happen. But she was the same. She kind of hid that sort of side of it because her family was just so different to everyone else. But it's, it's just the way of life. I think, you know, you're born into your culture and everything. And I think you're, you, you keep calling yourself ethnic looking. I reckon it's like the most beautiful. Oh, yeah. like, you're so, so like exotic and gorgeous looking. And mm. it is. As you get older, you respect differences in people. And I think like you, you work out that exactly what you said, unique. Uniqueness in any way, whether it's personality or looks wise, is so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and you touched on before your sister has a disability. So, Nadia, your sister, I, yeah. I found it, um, I hope it's okay if I read it out, yeah, but yeah, something that you it. wrote on your Instagram I yeah. thought was so beautiful um, about having a sister with autism that she has taught me the art of patience and is the most fierce protector oh, and, and has made you the most fierce protector of those that I love. What was that like as a child? Oh, God, I'm just you know, not going to cry about this. <laughs> um, it was really hard growing up. Yeah. Because... When I was really young, it was hard for me to get my head around. Oh, my God, I'm not going to cry. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. It was hard for me to fully comprehend that disability. Yeah. And I so desperately wanted to have a best friend. Yeah. What's the age difference between you guys? Three and a half years. Okay. okay. So she's around 30 years old now. Um, I just wanted a best friend and mm-hmm. I couldn't comprehend why she couldn't 
understand the world the way that I understood the world and why she cried all the time and why there were tantrums all the time. Yeah. So that was really hard, especially when I was little. And it was also hard because um, before we, she was in mainstream primary school with myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had to protect her because there were kids that would bully her. Mm. For example, um, like in my culture, my mum pronounces her name um, uh, Nadia. Mm-hmm. But You're like, so beautiful. Yeah. And, but, you know, um, non ethnics would pronounce it Nadia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when Nadia started primary school, people called her Nadia mm. and she just like couldn't understand why people were saying her name wrong. And yeah. so she'd say like, don't say my name. And she'd have like these boys that would chase her around the playground. They'd constantly say her name and she'd be like hysterical. So like I'd be in there yeah. like protecting her and then I'd get beat up. So that was, and I was too scared to go home and tell mum and dad because mum mm. and dad would like show up to the school yeah. and put a stop to it. And that would just add a whole other element of like embarrassment that yeah. I just didn't want to have to deal with. So that element was really hard. She's got a moderate intellectual disability. Yeah. Um, so she's the best artist. She has mm. the mo- like the voice of an angel mm. and she's super funny. However, like, you know, she struggles to read and write. Yep. She can't really tell the time. Mm. So that like presents lots of challenges in her adult life. But she's like now, like as I've grown up and like now I understand that she has sensory overload. So as I've gotten older, like I've learned strategies to help her manage that sensory overload. And she's actually incredibly intelligent, but it's almost like sometimes the thought she has in her head, she struggles to communicate it. it. So as I've like learned strategies to help deal with that, our bond has changed and like developed. And now I've learned to just like, not that I didn't always love her, but like having a sibling doesn't have to look a specific way Mm -hmm. and she might not be my best friend in the way that my actual best friend is. And, you know, I can't have DMs with her about like boys and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But we like, you know, watch footy and listen to music and dance and we're just like stupid and ridiculous together. And so she's still my best friend in that way. It's just like in my head, I just redefined what that friendship and relationship looked like. And again, stopped comparing myself to, or our relationship to other things that I, other people's relationships. Mm. And um, so, yeah, she's like my little bestie. I love her so much. She's really cool. And yeah, I've, I've decided to start sharing more of her on my like social media just so that you know to raise awareness and to kind of remove that stigma and so people do feel like proud Mm. of talking about their sibling absolutely daughter or child with a disability and you know it's all about inclusion and yeah that's really nice I think a lot of people would really appreciate you doing that for sure I think too many people would be able to relate to that story particularly in your childhood you know um, there's always these stories of um, kids even saying that they didn't have a sibling and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's a really important message. Um, and she sounds beautiful. Yeah, she's the best. She's really funny. <laughs> what was that like when you weren't at school together? Because obviously mm. if you're three and, a year, three and a half years, are you younger or older? I'm older you're than older. Nadia. Okay. Yeah. So when you had to leave primary school... How, how was that if you were her protector? Yeah. Did she stay at that school? No. So we decided that we tried to, we tried, you know, to get her to feel comfortable in mainstream, but yep. it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved her to a school that was like um, small classes and it was for blind people and um, students that were intellectually disabled mm-hmm. with intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she really thrived in that environment. So yeah. it's, it, you know, 
less of that sensory overload, yep. small classes, lots of attention, very structured. So school for her became a really, really happy place. Oh, so she'd come home and she'd want to show us things and she'd just be happy all the time, which was mm. so, such a great, like, change from like primary school for her. So by the time I'd graduated and gone to high school myself, I kind of felt settled and confident that she was looked after because I could just tell when she mm. came home that, okay, like things are sweet. She's okay. She's going to be okay. So how about you? Cause did you feel like a lot of pressure kind of came off your shoulders when you, you didn't have to always be, obviously you always looked out for her, but you didn't have that pressure at school to look out for her because she was happy in her school. Yeah, 100%. I feel like that gave me the space to just like be you. Be me. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about IBS. Okay, so irritable bowel syndrome is basically what they diagnose you with when like everything else is completely fine. So yeah. it just means that my gut can't digest certain sugars found in natural sugars found mm-hmm. in like fruits and vegetables like fructans, fructose. Um, and I didn't know any of this. So I was eating what I thought was really healthy. So I'm eating lots of fruit and veggies mm-hmm. and they were actually the like things that were triggering my like gas and yeah. like mm. have to run off to the bathroom constantly and like heaps of bloatedness. Yeah. Um, so I started working really closely. Like I obviously went to my GP, got all my blood tests done. He referred me to a gastroenterologist and a nutritionist dietitian who specialized in gut health. And she helped me like looked, I kept like a two week food diary to kind of look at what I was eating. And she pinpointed things like, you know, you're not drinking enough water. You're not eating enough fiber. And back then I was like, what's fiber? I have no idea (laughs) what fiber is. So she kind of changed those things about my eating habits. She encouraged me to, we did an elimination diet. Mm -hmm. So we removed lots of things that could irritate and slowly reintroduce things. And just working with that dietitian nutrition and then the gastroenterologist really closely for a couple of years helped Mm. strengthen my overall gut health. So now I can, my tolerance for certain foods has improved heaps. Um, What I like to encourage people to do, and I'll be talking about this today at the show, is make sure that you see a professional with this kind of thing. And it's really important. Like, you know, I share bits and pieces of my story online, but Mm -hmm. I think it's important that people go see a nutritionist, dietitian, a doctor, a gastroenterologist, because my form of IBS is going to be really different to someone else's. My Mm -hmm. intolerances are going to be like, you know, we two people might both have IBS, but our level of intolerances and the things that we're intolerant to are really different. And it's hard. Like I'm like, I'm I'm a novice. I have no idea like about, you know, I haven't gone to uni for five years and studied food and how it affects Mm. the gut. And so I think it's important to have that professional help to figure Mm. out, you know, to tailorize a plan for people to, improve their gut health. So I can't recommend nutritionists and dietitians any higher than I do. Um, and, you know, when I went to see the gastroenterologist as well, because m- my intolerances improved so much mm. that, um, and, and I'd still engage, occasionally get the like a weird flare up and we couldn't pinpoint what it was. So the gastro gastroenterologist um, referred me to get a colonoscopy endoscopy and then they found inflammation in my bowels and he put me on short-term course of anti-inflammatories and at first I was like oh I don't want to be on that kind of mm, medication yeah. it sounds too sounds too intense and you know he was telling me like people with Crohn's disease have this kind of medication I was like oh no like the sound <laughs> effects sound side effects sound terrible it kind of freaked me out however it was the best decision I ever make yeah. taking that anti-inflammatory and that um, medication because 
It really helped improve my symptoms. And again, if I hadn't spoken to these professionals, I still would have been spending copious amounts of money on like herbal remedies yeah. and seeing it. I was going to ask, did you go when, through, yeah. did you go down the herbal path before the scientific path? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to heal my gut naturally. <laughs> and I saw yeah. like um, naturopaths and, you know, I'm sure there's lots of great naturopaths out of there. But what I found the majority of them did for me where they were treating the symptoms and I was spending lots of money on like, you know, products that were, yes, they were making me feel better, but no one could tell me what my trigger is, Mm. what was causing it. um, And they weren't giving me long-term solutions. And it was just really unsustainable. I couldn't afford to keep seeing this naturopath and spending this kind of money on like all these supplements and stuff like that. When I found that the nutritionist, dietitian, the gastroenterologist, although they, they cost a little bit more upfront, I found that long-term they gave me lots of skills and strategies to help me manage it myself. And they kind of really educated me. Um, And I think I'm lucky that my doctor, nutritionist, gastroenterologist, they were quite holistic. They weren't um, like, I hear lots of people like talking about, doctors and whatnot and saying that they're not holistic enough. But I I feel like I found some really good fits and they explained to me stuff like with IBS, it's not just the food that you eat as well. I really had to learn to exercise more, Mm. um, manage my stress, like all those things contribute to my gut health. So it's kind of like people that have IBS, their central nervous system is always really hyped up. So if Mm. I'm feeling stressed or anxious, I straight away feel it in my gut. So I had to also learn to manage all those lifestyle changes in order to assist with my overall gut health. So, yeah. I think that's such an important message. There's such, again, talking about stigmas, there's a stigma now, and I think it's from social media that Mm. doctors are bad and Mm -hmm. you have to go the natural way because medication is bad. But it's there's a reason that that it exists, and and I think it's important to remember that that, um, specialists can have a holistic approach, as you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I just think about it. It's it's about finding the right fit for you. Like if you find someone and they're not maybe as holistic as you'd like, find someone else because there are really good health professionals out there. And I think if you make that um, your one of your concerns up front, then you can find out pretty early on if someone's going to be a right mm. fit for you. So, Did it affect your mental health at all? I, I feel like something like bloating and gassing and gassing, is that a word, <laughs> having gas, um, can be so uncomfortable, especially when you're at work. Did that make you kind of be really down on yourself? Oh, I think... Maybe a little bit. I was just a bit embarrassed because I've always been quite like a thin female. And then I had this like really bloated, like pregnant looking Mm. belly and I wasn't. So I was really, yeah. Um, And it made me incredibly tired. So I'd eat something and because my body would struggle to digest it. I'd need a nap, mm. which is really weird. You know, on a Saturday night, I'm still kind of like this. But I I'm, know, I am too. I'm like, <laughs> I need a nap on a Saturday night. <laughs> and it would be like, you know, seven o'clock and I'd be like, I'm out. Like, I need to go to bed now. And SG was kind of the one that really encouraged me. He was like, look. Get this looked at. Get this looked at. It's not It's not normal. You shouldn't be in this much pain. You shouldn't be going to the bathroom this much. You shouldn't be complaining this much mm, about it. Yeah. You know, we'd be in bed and you could hear my stomach constantly gurgling. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, that's also very <laughs> embarrassing. Speaking about your relationship with your body, you've spoken a lot about how you used to have a goal weight and that mm. is kind of how you defined your physique and, and being happy. Mm. You had to be below a specific weight, but you've yeah. been able to move past that now, which is amazing. Oh I was going to bring up your photos that, you, that you've been posting the with the weight differences and then the body differences and everything just to kind of show people that the number is not what it's about. Yeah, 100%. So I, at my um, 
back in the day, kind of when I was in marketing and events and, you know, I thought I had to look a certain way. All mm. I did was cardio and I kind of like restricted what I ate. You know, mm. I had a certain amount of calories that I would eat and I thought that I had to stay below 68 kilos. And, you know, I'm Why six, 68? I don't know. I, I think everyone has once had a number yeah. that they wouldn't let themselves go past. I just didn't want to see it creep past yeah. the 70. Mm. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, you are so tall. I'm so tall. Yeah. So that was such an unsustainable way of thinking. Yeah. And I think that's what caused a lot of my gut issues because I'd go for, you know, I'd only eat like twice a day. I'd have some breakfast and then I'd have like, you know, something in that late afternoon. And then you know, I was always like running on adrenaline and working, working, working. And I think that contributed to a lot of my gut issues as well. Mm. Like I'm predispositioned to it. Mum's got like a sensitive gut as well. So I think those poor lifestyle choices contributed to that. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I needed to be a certain weight, which was ridiculous. It was just made me so unhappy. I hated doing cardio mm. and I just forced myself to do mm. it. Cause I was like, nah, <laughs> got to stay below this weight. It's crazy. And that only started to change when I started seeing the doctor and the nutritionist and mm. they were like, everything you're doing needs to change. Yeah. Um, and I needed to sort out my core strength because, mm. you know, I kept throwing out my back and that's probably also what's contributed to me having all these back issues now. Because <laughs> when I was younger, I was like really skinny, didn't have much core strength, my back wasn't protected. And so I kind of, as soon as I started strength training, doing like body weight stuff, you know, lifting weights, my body started changing and I started enjoying feeling more toned and looking stronger and feeling stronger. So I just really organically just started ignoring the weight because I was really enjoying what I was doing. So like cool. moving my body in a way instead of just doing the cardio, mm. I was like, wow, I really like all this body weight stuff. This is awesome. Um, so I kind of became addicted to the adrenaline and the endorphins and I just kept doing it. My body kept changing and I kept putting on weight. And at first I was really confused. Yeah. I was like, I just wanted to revert back to the cardio because mm. I could see this, this weight change. Mm -hmm. So my weight's going up. And then I kind of really had to snap myself out of it mm. and kind of say, okay, your weight's changing, but you like what you see, you yeah. feel better. So, okay, who cares what your weight is? Like I fit into my clothes better. I feel strong. I feel energized. So I kind of really had to consciously just ignore mm. those scales. I ditched them from my house, just got rid of them completely yeah. and just kept focusing on like, um, you know, if I, I had to like measure something, just the way I fit into my clothes. Mm. So just like, yep, I still fit in, fit into everything that I own. My body hasn't changed. I feel good. I feel great. Mm. So who cares what the weight is anyway? And then, yeah, I guess that's kind of how it's good. And it can be so dangerous, I think, especially when you're comparing yourself. It's what I used to do to other people's weights on Instagram. And like I used to yeah. compare myself to girls that were probably 10 centimetres shorter than me. Yeah. And in my, like, that makes no sense. How how am I meant to weigh the same as someone? I have got 10 more centimetres, like, in me. I, but I, at the time I was like that, mm. I need to be, She's she looks really good, I need to be like that. Yeah. It can be so dangerous. It can be so dangerous and I'm glad I'm just like, weight is whatever now. <laughs> like, good. Yeah, I don't really care. I think I've, now that I haven't been training for a while, my weight has dropped um, but whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm just like right now I'm just focused on getting my back strong and healthy. Yeah, don't even care about more weight right now. Whatever, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. So so you've got a incredible Instagram that pushes a lot of those really positive messages. How did you start that up? What made you start Instagram? Um, I think I was just, I was desperate for community. I think none of my close friends are really into health and fitness mm -hmm. and no one really knew what IBS was like mm. two or three years ago, kind of gin and 
I, I just wanted to meet other girls that were like liked training and had, you know, it, and I found that it kept me accountable as well. So I'd train and then I'd post or then I'd make something cool. I love cooking and then I'd post it as well. And then I was kind of encouraged by the response and then it just kind of, yeah, happened really organically. How, yeah. <laughs> How have people in your life responded to it? So we had a chat last week and something I found so interesting um, you did a post about how people have that used to be in your life. You've actually they're no longer in your life because they weren't supportive of you. And it's so funny. It was because of you starting this page and you kind of changing what you did. And that was exactly the same for me. Um, and I think it's really, really common. So how how did that happen for you? Well, I think I was like, don't go into too much detail here. Of course, <laughs> no, 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 of course. yeah. Um, I just found that you know when someone becomes my friend, I hold them really close to my heart. And even if the relationship started to become toxic, I found it really hard to make decisions that were the best for me and to push them away Mm -hmm. because we had all this history and Mm -hmm. we'd been traveling and, you know, years and years of friendship. And then when I'd hang out with these people, they'd put me down, they'd dismiss things that I was doing or always be really quick to judge And I kind of just copped it for so long and just kind of, and I felt like I had to shrink and be small. And when Mm. I was hanging around these people, I felt like I couldn't really be myself. I couldn't share certain things in my life. Mm. And when I left, left, you know, hanging out with them, I just feel so rubbish about myself. Mm. And it got to the point where like a couple of things happened and I just kind of had to walk away and just say, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. This is no longer serving me. Yeah. A relationship is meant to be two ways. And if this yeah. was like a genuine friendship, then, you know, I'll support you and you'll support me. And people change, right? Life is the yeah. only constant is change. Mm. And if someone can't support you, no matter what period you're going through, then it's time to let them go because it's just not good for you. Well, it wasn't good for my mental health. I just constantly felt like I wasn't good enough. And I was always thinking, you know, what should I say or what can I talk about when I'm with mm. this person or how can I present this in a certain way so that they don't think that I'm... Yeah, and you've got to be able to be yourself with yourself. your friends. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. if you can't be yourself yeah. around you. I think there's so much pressure on us from society that tells us that we're not good enough. Mm. If you're getting that from your closest group of peers who's meant to be your number one, your number one supporters, that's where you kind of, it, it can be so hard to walk away from friendships. Yeah. It's not like a breakup where you're like, okay, I don't want to be with you anymore. Like you don't do that with friends. It's so it's awkward. Different. Yeah, it's, it's really so hard. awkward. So yeah, I just kind of slowly, like, you know, there was no big explosion. I never explicitly told these people that they'd hurt me. Yeah, I just good. kind of made the decision to move on because, mm. you know, it just didn't serve me well anymore. And when I see them, it's just like, hey, how are you? You know, how's it going? And then just carry on with my life and just not give it too much effort. But um, I feel so much better for it. It's so, so much healthier and it's it's better to hang out with people that give and receive and it's got to be a two-way street. Otherwise, it's not worth investing in. Absolutely. And so with your Instagram page, I think a lot of people have this aspiration now to literally be an influencer for their career, a path and everything like yep. that. You are still working full-time as a teacher. Yep. Um, what, why haven't you... <laughs> left your job. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in an, I think it's beautiful. Like what, yeah. but why? I love teaching. Yeah. Like I feel like what I do is valuable and it makes me feel valuable in the real world. Yeah. Like I know Instagram is very real and our influence is very real, but I, I feel like There's I have influence yeah. every day in the classroom yeah. and, you know, empowering young people with knowledge and skills and, you know, seeing their results and like laughing with them 
it's such a good feeling and I'm just not ready to, to give it up yet. And I have a couple of senior senior classes and I want to see them all the way through of like course. the HSC. They're so important to me. I couldn't just like up and leave them for anything. Um, I love my colleagues. I have such a healthy workspace. Like my bosses all across everything that I do, they're really supportive and encouraging. Oh, they think my message is really wholesome. Aww. So I'm not sure if it would be like that everywhere. But I wondered that because I wondered if teachers were allowed to have a profile outside of school. Well, the thing with mine is it happened so organically, but by the time it blew up, it was kind of too late yeah. for me to get rid of it. And I was mm. already too invested in, yeah. in it. Um, look, I don't talk about my school or my colleagues or any students explicitly, so I'm not doing anything that I'm, I shouldn't be mm. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, my principal is all across it, That's my good. head teacher, all my bosses, and everyone everyone knows about it. So I haven't like legally pushed any boundaries <laughs> or anything. Um, and I actually at work go by my married name and I've kept my maiden name for my like online presence. So there's that disconnect there as well. So like, oh, look, I'm not going to lie. Kids probably have found me. I was going like, to say, because <laughs> you teach at a high school, don't you? Yeah, I do teach at high school. At yeah. co-ed or? Yeah, co-ed. Okay. Yeah. Have, so do people ever, do the kids ever say, I found you on Instagram? <laughs> oh, look, there's been some <laughs> really like underhanded little like sly comments. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I will choose to ignore. Oh, good. That's great. Yeah. So I don't engage with it at all. And I think. A lot of the time the kids are too embarrassed to bring it up anyway that they may have stalked you or whatever. <laughs> so they don't say anything. I definitely don't say anything. I don't talk to them about anything to do with my mm-hmm. personal life. So there really is a disconnect. And look, if a kid ever has, you know, looked up my profile and I've noticed, I have to block them and then I report yeah, it immediately one. just to keep that really clear distance Um I don't really want to talk to kids outside of school. Anyway, yeah, of course. So. <laughs> I actually remember in high school bumping into my teachers outside of school. It's so, it's awkward. so awkward. Yeah, yeah. It's really awkward. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So we live really close to the beach. So sometimes, like, you know, my husband and I will go to the beach and there'll be kids there with their families. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Super awkward. <laughs> See ya. And carry on. See ya. Yeah, um, yeah. What about... Obviously, you have an amazing balance between your side hustle of your personal brand that you're growing and is doing so well and then your amazing teaching career. What advice would you give to people who are either either thinking about starting a hide hide hustle? My side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) A hide hustle. It's been a long weekend. (laughs) Side hustle. Um, Or there, because I think sometimes you think that you have to quit your job. Yeah, people think they have to have one or the other. And I don't think that's always the case. It's also not feasible often because you need to earn a sustainable income. Correct. But you also obviously like both of them quite equally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a bit torn. I'm just like, I I don't know if I could... And I feel like as, as long as you can f- have that balance and you both you enjoy, enjoy both, like why not keep both of them for as long as you can? Yeah. I think um, anyone starting out, I've learned that, you know, maybe it sounds a bit cliche, but it, things don't have to be perfect mm-hmm. to, for you to start or for you to, sh- you know, a side hustle. I think once you do something, there's always opportunity to like grow and develop it. Like when I first started my website, it was horrendous. It was so gross. I hated all the imagery and the text and the font and there was no branding on there. And I kind of, I really just wanted to share my recipes because I love cooking. <laughs> and I kind of was like, I need to get over this like idea in my head that it needs to be perfect. So I just did it. And mm-hmm. over the last like two years, like now I really like my website and the mm-hmm. space I've created to, to share recipes and whatnot. So just just start. Mm, that's, it's so funny. So familiar. Yeah. I think it's the most important thing. It was like when I first yeah. started my blog, I spent eight hours, I think, trying to put the heading on the page. <laughs> and yeah. it was so basic. 
And I think I drew my logo myself. I'm mm. quite sure that's how it happened. But <laughs> you think, but you're like, oh no, I can't launch it because everyone else is doing so well. Oh, and yeah. theirs looks and mine's so much better enough. than mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, no, nah, over time you'll figure out what you need to do. And I think the more you do something, the more you'll figure out like what your niche is and what you're good at and what your audience likes. Mm. So kind of just allowing it to develop organically rather than like, yeah, having this image in your head of what needs to be done and what it needs to look like and what people want to receive. It's just allowing that space for that feedback and for things to kind of like develop and grow. What's your goal in five years with what you're doing? Oh, wow. Um, Okay. So I, life in general as well, because I feel like both of these yeah, need fun. to intertwine. Um, I would like to start a family. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. we, we'd love to, to start a family. So I'd love to heal my back. Yeah. Um, then we'll start considering having a family. And then, you know, maybe when I have a family, then I'll stop teaching. Yeah. And then I'll have, um, I'm releasing my own line of meal prep containers or like Tupperware. Oh my which God, is amazing. Very like you on are brand. the queen of, you are amazing with your meal prep. Oh, thank you. It's very inspirational. Thank you. So yeah, I'm working on getting that launched by the end of the year. So hopefully I'll have like a little. Those things to do on the side. Yeah. To do on the side while, when I'm, if, if I'll even have time, I don't know what it'll be like when I fall pregnant and have a baby because yeah. it's really different experience mm. for everyone. But it would be nice for me to be able to support um, SG as well financially when I'm not working with kids and stuff with my own little business on the side. We so. also seem like a bit of a hustler, like you love work. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to be busy. So, yeah. How important um, is your husband in what you do? Because you obviously you're so busy managing everything and it's really sweet. He's here with you this weekend. Yeah, is he your number one supporter? Yeah, yeah. He's a big fan. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, he's so cool. Um, yeah, he's he's the best. He's incredibly important to me. I love that he's my biggest supporter and he is just so supportive and just gives me the space to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes me laugh all the time and it doesn't matter what I want to do. He's just behind me 100% of the way. So, yeah, makes, awesome. it makes it really easy actually. So, And he's an engineer and works like pretty hectic hours too and that also gives me the space to do my own thing. So um, when we catch up on the weekends and weeknights, we try to make that quality time, cooking dinner together, having little outings on the weekend. Otherwise we're both kind of like focused on our own, mm. our own like stuff, so... That's nice because I think sometimes when people start to build a bit of a profile, it can be a little intimidating to the the partner. So it's it's really nice to hear that he's so supportive of you. No, he's cool. I reckon he thinks he's the star half the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do you want to end it on your uh, really amazing question that yeah, you like to I ask will. me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you could play any character in any movie or TV show, who would it be and why? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to go with um, Diana or Wonder Woman. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, I love her. Oh, I love the, the 2017, like, version of that movie just because she's, like, tall, strong, brunette, like, Amazonian woman. Yes. So I kind of, like, align with like all you. that. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. And, yeah, I just I love her. That was such a good movie. It and, really was. Yeah, it was the best. She's gorgeous and strong, and I love that she um, sees the best in everyone mm. and it was, like, very cute, like, romantic love story in that movie as well. So, yeah, I think that's who I'd want to play. That's a great answer. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and for taking some time out of your weekend with SG. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously a busy weekend with the expo and everything. So we really, really appreciate your time. And it's been awesome getting to know you. Oh. And I think our community will absolutely love mm. you. And if they want to follow you, they can follow you on Insta at lady.lolas yep. and your blog. 
yeah, website is yeah, the same. Yeah, it's just ladylawless.com. Yeah, so we... Yeah, .com, I think. <laughs> <laughs> just put it in Google. Yeah, it will come, yeah, come up. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thank you both for having me. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that chat. If you'd like to see more of Katie, you can find her at lady.lolas on Instagram. Now for a question of the week. We need to get some sound for this. I kind of like our Question of the week. Okay, maybe we should get some sound. (laughs) I'm not sure about ever hearing that again. Um, This week's question is from Maddie. And it is, what is yours and Laura's best memory together? And she also oh, said, love you. That's such a love you. That's such a <laughs> nice question. Uh, mine would be, I mean, there's been a lot, but one of them, the first one that comes to my mind is your 21st. That was oh, the, yes. I reckon that was the funnest night of my life, like more fun than my 21st. You know, it's actually funny. You actually bring that up all the time. And even the girls, I've spoken to like Jenny and Martha and all that from since you guys have been planning my hands yes. behind my back, which is awesome. Um they have said how much you've brought up my 21st <laughs> in conversation. They're like, she really had the best time of her life on that night. I mean, it was great, but like, she really loves your 21st. I loved it because this is probably weird. We couldn't leave. Yeah. Like no one could leave, yeah. which sounds really weird because it's like you couldn't leave. But because we were all at the farm, which yeah. would be the same as your wedding, we were all there and like no one left early or everyone just yeah. had so much fun because yeah. their tent was right around the corner. Yeah. So they just had to walk there. Like no one, yeah, it was just it was just so good. We just danced for so long. Yeah. From what I can remember of it, it was a yeah. great night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go that far. I think we just have... So many memories. Right, no, they're think. all very different. They're that was a, different. a fun memory. Yeah, we've that's had a, a lot fun of personal one, like on the side. I think work-wise for me, there's a few that stick out. Um, one being, I think, the moment we launched mm. and our app hit number one and we realised that we'd built a really good team and that we could yeah. do this. I think for me that night that we're out for dinner and our app hit that and we like cried together. Yeah. I think that was a moment for us where we were both like, Wow. Okay. This is this is going to happen for us, and like all our hard work's going to pay off, and we can do this it. This is so cool ourselves. that we've been yeah. able to do this. So that's something that stands out for me. But um, yeah, there's really so many. Like I even think back to when we were doing Melbourne Fashion Week. <laughs> Honestly, like when we met like five years ago. There's memories from there. There's memories from the cafe when we decided we were doing mm. the ebook together. Like, yeah. I mean, it's very hard to pick one. We I think yours is good. Three weeks apart. You what? When we got engaged three weeks of that. Yeah. All the things. <laughs> okay, that's actually a nice memory. I remember when, um, so it was Laura's birthday and we went out for, this is your engagement story. I'm basically just retelling it for anyone who doesn't know Laura's <laughs> engagement story. You can go on our YouTube and watch it in more detail. But briefly, we took Laura out for dinner. Um, lunch. Lunch, sorry, on her birthday and Dot was there. And as she went to the bathroom, <laughs> was... Three weeks after I just got engaged, he decided to lean across the road, lean across the table, Dalton, and show me a photo of a ring on his phone. And I literally like piffed his phone back at him, like, she's right around the corner. I'm not showing that now. And I was like, what are you talking? What are you doing? Because all I wanted to know was where you were going, because he was going to surprise you for your birthday. Mm. So all I asked him was, like, where are you going tonight? I'm dying to find out. She's so excited. And yeah, he tells me that. He's going to pop the question. I literally, it was the hardest thing ever <laughs> sitting there knowing that that was going to happen to you tonight. I just kept smiling at you. And then when we said goodbye to you in the um in the car park, I was so excited. I got into the car and I just looked at Josh and I was like, how am I going to cope? I'm just, I was on my phone 
all night waiting for something. And when I didn't hear from you till 10, I had this thought like... It didn't happen? Maybe it didn't happen. <laughs> but that was a nice memory too. I think it was really nice to sp- like share that time together. It was a very mm. exciting year and then to be ended like that, the boys did really well. So that's awesome. That's a good memory. That's a nice question. Yeah, I like that question. So thank you, Maddie. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, we are here every Wednesday and you can find us on Instagram at laura.henshaw, at keepitcleaner, at stephclairsmith. And our website is keepitcleaner.com.au. And yes, watch out watch for out. this Sunday. We are releasing yes. a very exciting sale for Kick for Spring. Because we have some really exciting updates on the app. Mm-hmm. And we thought we'd celebrate with a very big discount for yep. you guys. So uh, definitely check that out because it's what? one of the biggest discounts we have done in a long time. Ooh. Yeah, to keep an eye out on our socials. Thanks, guys. That's it. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>